welcome to Dream It, Dare It, Do It, Live the Life You Want. I'm Jasmine and I'm your host for the past three seasons. It's good because it's actually my podcast. So, I mean, <laughs> um, today I would like to uh, introduce my friend Thomas Leamy. Hi, Thomas. Hi, Jasmine. Such a pleasure to be here with you. Mm, same here. Um, it's the first time I have the, like the real radio voice people that come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for those of you uh, who are listening who don't know Thomas, um, I just met Thomas not long ago because we did a class together with Rob. And uh, Rob teased him right away as soon as he showed up, started teasing him about his deep voice. And so like when he talked, everybody on the room was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure it's not the first time it happened. Um, yeah, no, it, it, it does happen quite a bit. And yeah. I, to be very straightforward with you I never really know how to respond because yeah. it's not like it's something I'm attempting to do to get a reaction you know it's just something that is me part yeah. of me so uh, but you know Rob Cook has been on this podcast as well and he has an incredibly deep radio voice too yes that's true I agree I I, I was just you know wanting to tease you about your voice I have to admit. <laughs> but and, you know it was it's not a bad tease it's a loving tease mm -hmm. And I, you know, I've, I've been told I have a good voice too. You know, people who listen to my podcast, there's like, oh, I love listening to you. You're just like, and I'm like, oh, okay. Now I have to pay attention to my tone, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, but uh, like, yeah, we met, oh, we're going to have some barking happening now. Just wanted to know, to let you know, just in case it does happen. That's okay. That she's sleeping. So, okay, we're good. She didn't see it. Um so I, I, I want to thank you for accepting uh, my invitation. So before we start, I would like you to introduce yourself um, to the people who are listening to us. Yeah, well, thank you so much, Jasmine. So I am a man of the world, you could say. I, I think of myself as a global citizen. I am married to a beautiful American girl who I met working for a Belgian company in Malaysia. So uh, that's a lot to figure out. <laughs> but I have been, so for, I'm 34 now, but for most of my 20s and um, the start of my 30s, I worked in 50 different countries, or rather I've been to 50 different countries and worked in um, about 15 full-time in a job or in an industry that is called nation branding, which is a very kind of fly under the radar role. Not many people know about it, but you get attached to a foreign government and you help them bring in foreign direct investment or market the country in terms of tourism or any economic sector as well. So that really allowed me to see a lot of the world and to meet a lot of interesting people like high-level guys like presidents, prime ministers, fascinating um, tribal leaders in African countries, um, almost warlords in the southern islands of the Philippines in Mindanao. But it all kind of played a lovely part of informing me that I kind of realized not so long ago that, my God, we're really all the same. It doesn't matter what hat we wear 
or where we're from or what our bank balance is, we're really all as valuable as each other. And that was a lovely thought, a lovely realization that there's much more that connects us than separates us. So that experience, I met my wife along the way there, and she worked for the same company, led me to want to work with leaders and want to help other people access their um, full power and potential. I said at the time, it's kind of a tagline stuck in my head. <laughs> and it was great. So I did a very traditional approach to what you could say is leadership development or... Um, high performance training where I learned the material and ultimately regurgitated it to groups to whoever would listen. My first high performance masterclass was in uh, the Hilton Hotel in Botswana in Gaborone and it was attended by students, by diamond company CEOs and everyone in between and after that I knew I was on to something. I didn't quite know what, but I quit my old job, probably a bit fast, but I did, and um, decided to figure it out by bumping into things. So my wife and I then traveled the world and I would test the um, markets I was in with material and seeing what stuck. And it ultimately took us after a month in Indonesia and um, Uganda to... Greece, where we just kind of like spin the wheel, let's move somewhere, and we did. And that was a few months, Jasmine, before the pandemic. Mm. And the pandemic is what I often describe as a fox in the hen house, or for me, my my tablecloth moment, because it was like I had everything planned, I knew where I was going. I had a big pharmaceutical event coming up in Athens where I trained people. I was bringing a trainer in from London. Then it all kind of went tablecloth. So you were in Greece. Yeah. So you were in Greece when the pandemic hit. Yes, in Athens. And um, that kind of led to a few dark nights of the soul, I remember. (laughs) And it made me realize ultimately great fear i think at the time of like where's the money going to come from how are we going to train when no one no company wants to train this jasmine was before any kind of digital or virtual integrations companies were figuring it out as they went as well so i decided to pivot to to coaching because i saw that as a one-on-one thing rather than just a company necessity and luckily and this is a good problem to have greece was locked down very strictly at the time we actually had to text the government to leave the house or even to walk a dog but um we could go to any of the islands jasmine because greece has a lot of islands so we were locked down in paradise in a way we went to crete for a month and then to milos but in crete to upskill myself in coaching i download not downloaded bought a course by a guy called michael neal and the course was impacting leaders and i thought this is amazing because i want to impact leaders couldn't have been named better 
bought it, I think it was 700 euro at the time. And I remember the next day, Jasmine, it went down to like 350 euro. Uh, <laughs> but I, mean, I got over that quickly. Um, yeah. And that kind of opened up a whole new world in a the, the short version. I mean, I was listening to this guy talk about principles of psychology but he was focusing on consciousness and awareness and things like this. And I remember thinking, how in the name of God am I going to talk about this stuff to the CEOs that I want to be working with? This is like absolute fluff. And but as tends to happen when you pay for something, Jasmine, you keep going. <laughs> so not I, everybody does that, just saying. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe put 700 euro, I think, for me was enough to keep going at a time when I was <laughs> deathly scared of where the next paycheck was coming. Okay. But uh, so I did. But the funniest thing, I started noticing over the next few days that I got up one morning, actually, and I remember sitting up in the bed and I said to my wife, I don't know what's going on, honey, but my mind is completely blank, like absolutely crickets, no noises at all. I don't understand what's going on. And I remember then opening the curtains and looking out into the garden and there was a pool, but the colors, everything was more vibrant. Now, we had been at that property for about two weeks, but I was like, what is going on? It was like my senses were heightened and it took me probably another week before I even tied it to the material that I was learning. I did. I thought it was just because we were in Crete, you know, but mm. it wasn't. It was because the content I was learning about these principles of psychology was helping me see a whole new dimension of life. So that's kind of a, a very long winded introduction to uh, <laughs> me and my life. And that kind of started a new roller coaster of hills and valleys. And uh, so yeah. here we are. So but it sounds like <clears throat> it sounds like, you know, the, in the theme of my podcast, which is live the life you want, it seems like you were you were already living the life you want. Hmm. You know what? When you're in the jar, you can't read the label. And I was living the life I wanted, but I didn't know it. Mm. I had no idea because um, a guy I interviewed for my podcast, he's a fellow coach, Matt Roberts. He actually is on the 3PGC podcast today. He spoke about how he was a future holic, I think is the word he used, how he was addicted mm -hmm. to the next thing, the next achievement. And he was a high performance athlete. Well, for me, I was addicted to the next um, business success or the next big deal with a company or the next big training endeavor or the next like notch on my career belt. And I didn't see anything that was actually happening because I was so obsessed about where I was going I didn't notice where I was so like that actually reminds me one of the 
worst experiences of my life, Jasmine, was sitting on a hammock, drinking a coconut, and I mean coconut, not coconut uh, juice, like a coconut with its head chopped off and a straw in it, sitting in a hammock in a resort on a beach in Zanzibar. And it was our honeymoon, part of it. And I was absolutely miserable. Miserable. Because I was, we had just had our wedding. It was half American, half Irish over in Ireland. It was lovely in a nice castle and it was beautiful. But I was going through the whole event in my mind like, oh God, I really didn't do a good job here. Or this, uh, my speech was terrible. I expected more from myself. And I was not on the beach in Zanzibar. I was in my head being ultra critical of myself. So yeah, it's, it's one thing being in, it's one thing having the life, but it's a whole other thing knowing you have the life. Now I know I have the life. And I don't go half as many places. Mm-hmm. But as we were just talking about before we started recording, I think I live 90% plus in just a state of gratitude. And not by practicing it or writing down 10 things to be grateful about, you know, but just by being in life, in the flow of life, not trying to do life, if that makes sense. Totally makes sense. Totally makes sense to me. It makes me like, because when you started talking, you know, and you were telling me about the traveling and stuff, like I could see how, like, for me, I started traveling when I was in my 20s. I was working with a company. And I was basically I was the sales manager. And so I was traveling from one one not country because I I was just going to the states so I was traveling to the states or either traveling to Canada and I was just going into these places and I remember my first time that I traveled where I was so afraid like you know I was in my 20s and I'd never gone on a plane and and now he was he I'm talking about my boss here at the time uh you know he's giving me a ticket sending me alone to Phoenix Arizona and making me drive from Phoenix to Tucson on my own and you know I had a lot of fear of of like how am I going to do it and like and the anxiety in my body was like just nuts you know and I remember coming back from this trip and being totally transformed because I had done it I had you know landed at the airport looked for the car place thingamajiggy uh, took the car, drove to my hotel. The next day, took the car, drove two and a half hours, or I don't remember exactly, to Tucson on my own. And I stayed there for 10 days and I came back. And my life was transformed in that moment because it was kind of like, if I can do that, I can do anything. Like, if I can. And And so like when I was listening to you talking where you were like traveling to so many countries and meeting so many different people, I could see that you already have the openness, you know, because of the traveling 
you know, it, it just, it does something to us. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's different from if you always stay in the same place because you imagine things, how things are there, right? Things are there. And then when you get there, you kind of go, well, actually, it's the same thing. Yeah. Right. So it, it just gives you a different perspective of it, you know, of, of life, of how things are. Totally agree. And that's a great example. I think to a greater or lesser extent, we all live in a bubble. And um, and I've spent a lot of time in America as well. And I have to say nothing against our American friends, but a lot of people I've I've experienced in America, great friends even, aren't familiar with the world outside of America. But travel, it absolutely lights up the senses because you are experiencing a whole new way of everything you know i remember i the first time i was did a big trip was 20 going to uganda and i packed in 20 minutes because i didn't know what to bring um you know my parents obviously hadn't been to uganda before so it wasn't like they could advise me so but I went there and I remember this feeling of absolute awe hitting me in the face when I got off the plane because everything from the temperature of the air, the moisture, the the breeze, the scents, the sights, the sound, it was like an assault on the senses in the best way. And actually because, well, I was kind of obsessed with Africa anyway, but I got down on the ground and kissed my hand and kissed the ground. I was just like, I can't believe I'm here. But from that moment, my curiosity was peaked. My diet was completely different. My social life was completely different. And it just kind of, you know, it was kind of like oil oil on an engine or on gears. It just... It liberates you. It opens you up in a way when you realize it. And I did realize it there because I had nothing else on my mind. So <laughs> it's, it just, it, it wakes you up to a whole new world. And like, I work a lot in the leadership space now with companies doing trainings on things like high performance and stress. But leaders in using the term loosely, the Western world, are almost rewarded for uh, being that typical Donald Trump-style macho figure, the, the alpha in a way. But the best leaders I can absolutely say with confidence, the best leaders I've seen in my life are, first of all, they don't want to be leaders. And second of all, they're from indigenous cultures in Africa. And like the Han Bushmen in Namibia, it's almost the, always the, a leader who doesn't want to be is elected to the chiefdom. And they do extremely wonderful things because they're not thinking about my position, how I come across as a leader, what's in it for me. They're thinking of, well, there's a responsibility here 
for my family and my wider community on me, let me act in their best interest. So we remove the ego, you know. So if I didn't travel, I would never have known that. I, I, there's a book in me, and I'll probably write it in 10 years or so, but <laughs> I want to call it The Lost Art of Leadership, tying in this kind of wondrous indigenous wisdom into the modern corporate world. And just so you know, people, that is trademarked. He's already trademarked it, so don't try to take it. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Making note of this trademark. <laughs> yeah, I think that I, I love the fact of taking away the ego. Like, like for me, I've, I've in, lately I've had a lot of thinking around ego. I've just started not, I just started reflecting and exploring what the ego is and, and you know how it's like it's all built in it's all like the ego is everything that you've ever thought about yourself and everything that you've created around you know how you should be or how you shouldn't be and how you you just made it all up anyways and you forget that you made it all up and it's it it's just a very interesting thing this ego <laughs> this ego thing um so and i've i've started seeing it's so funny because i've started seeing for myself how sometimes my ego shows up and i just kind of go yeah no you know like so if i have a lot of thinking on something i don't have to to act on it anymore Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like, I can actually really relate to that as well. Yeah, I, like, because mm. like, I'm, I'm seeing, so I have a question. When, like, when we started the conversation, like I was, I was sharing with you, like, I've been in, in, in this understanding for a while, you know, like, a 2011, you know, um, so I've been under this, this understanding for a little while. And I, I thought at one point that I reached this point, well, okay, not going to have any thinking anymore. That's going to, you know, do anything for you. I got that little arrogance thing going. Um, I was doing the human thing. And I was just wondering how that lives for you. Cause it's, it's pretty fresh 2020, right? So you, you got into this understanding. How is it for you right now? Yeah. Yeah. What a great question that, so coming up on two years and just for anyone listening by this understanding we're referring to a new paradigm of psychology that is not that well known but that is extremely powerful as well so um <clears throat> mind thought consciousness yes exactly the three principles no i wasn't trying to remember them <laughs> but um, <laughs> i didn't think so <laughs> so I'm thinking I can relate because so many times during the, I will say, brief period that I've been in contact with this understanding of psychology, and I do see it as a psychological understanding first, but I there was times when I would feel like, just like you, like, well, nothing else to see. I'm, I'm home, home and dry. And then, <laughs> you know what, like, 
I don't believe this, but my dad would always say, pride comes before a fall. And uh, <laughs> so in this case, looking back on it, when you feel like you're at a certain level of uh, understanding, it really does humble you to realize that you know absolutely nothing. And it kind of brings you back to earth quite quickly because what has helped me see um, that I know nothing is that our experience of life is largely state of mind dependent. So, yes, I have access to a deep and wonderful understanding of how the mind works and how we experience life as humans in certain states of mind. But the human experience is full of flavors and peaks and valleys of experience. And in lower states of mind, I barely know which way to turn at the roundabout. So, I mean, the ego, to bring it back, I guess, is great in a way because it's it's it forms our identity of ourself. But one of my mentors, I'm sure you know him from Insight Principles, Robin Charbet, talks about the ego is good until it goes beyond its job description. And beyond its job description, it's a great big inconvenience. It creates an image, as Sidney Banks said, an image of self-importance and largely separation. So at any time when I would have thought that I had this whole psychology thing nailed, really, that was the ego. That was me separating myself from other people, looking down through the glass elevators, thinking that I'm on a pedestal in terms of my knowledge. Let me, let me share what I know. But don't come as high as me, just come a little bit near me, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's complete nonsense. But seeing it is okay. absolutely wonderful. Yeah, it's okay. You can come talk to me if you want. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Come. You know, like, you know, when you're looking down at someone and you're saying, yeah, come. yeah. yeah. No, I know I've, I've had that. I've seen that. And it's so funny because uh, lately I have been uh, struggling with seeing, seeing it show up because I'm, I'm getting more and more adept to seeing what's going on with me like to seeing so I can see myself being okay you're being manipulative here you're 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 being a bitch here <laughs> you know like I can see it and then I forget that if I'm seeing it it's because I'm not it mm -hmm. mm. yeah so it, when I do forget that then I start beating myself up like Dickon would say like you know you keep giving yourself some hits and you wonder where the hell is this coming from what why am i hurting this way right but i'm i i just i just get confused like something occurred to me uh i, I think I, I talked to you off camera and what happened to me was shame you know like mm -hmm. i got this and and the event that occurred was totally a non-event for anybody else that was there like Nobody saw it because I went back to talk to them after the event. 
And I had felt so much shame in me. And it was a recorded event. And I went to look at the event. And first of all, I didn't see it in me. I knew what was going inside me. Yeah. But didn't show on camera. Right. And I saw, I literally saw how nobody saw the event. Like how it was like only living in my head. Right. Mm. But the biggest thing that I saw out of that, that is... Um, you know, like a misunderstanding, you know, how I, I, I don't know if Sid talks about it, but I know that Michael talks about misunderstanding. It's just a misunderstanding of what we think, you know, like I could see that what I do is I want to be a good person and all of my actions, all of my behaviors and all my, my psychology around wanting to be a good person gets all mixed up all together. And I get so confused at some point, you know, at some point it's like, cause it's all made up. I'm going to be a good girl. If I do this, I'm going to be a good girl. If I do this, I'm going to be a good girl. If I do this, I'm going to be a good girl. If I do this. And I've got so many up in there in the list of being a good girl, you know, yeah. that one of them happens. And then it's not that at all, but it, all of a sudden goes on my list of, well, now you're a bad girl. And now that's it. It's like the end of the world. Oh my God. I haven't been a good girl. Oh my God. Oh man. I was bad. And, and then I just saw how I was striving to be a good girl and I didn't have to, you know, I don't have to work at being good girl. I, am a good girl. If I'd have to work at being a good girl, it would be because I'm a bad girl. Yeah. And you know what that is, I guess, more than anything I'm feeling? It's a lot of work. Yes. Exhausting. On, on a recent episode of my podcast, I interviewed Wynn Morgan. I know you know him. Yes. And we talked about authenticity was the word. But If we're spending a certain percentage of our mental real estate or mental bandwidth trying to be something else and a certain percentage trying to perform in a certain way, how much RAM is left for us to actually be? Not the good girl or the bad girl, but just Jasmine yeah. or Thomas. Yeah not much room there we got to mm -hmm. reboot people reboot that computer <laughs> clean <Software> the cash <laughs> clear the <Yeah>. cash <laughs> well thomas since we've mentioned it a few times talk about your podcast let people know how can they go and listen to what you do well thank you so much for the opportunity to share about it it is called The One Word Podcast, and it is on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It's only about a month old, but I think we have nine or ten episodes published. It publishes every Friday. And the idea behind it is very simple. I invite a guest on, and the guest and I talk about one word, topic, or concept from an entirely fresh perspective. That's it. So we've had guests to talk talking about today's episode is Clarity with Jamie Smart. Um, we've had 
performance, we've had productivity, burnout, well-being, kindness, all different words. And it just lights me up because as I was sharing with you, Jasmine, before or off camera, I tried to launch a podcast a lot for a few years because, well, basically everyone told me I should and I thought I needed to. So I kept coming very close to releasing something that I really didn't want to release. But this is different because it's my own insight. Came to me on Sunday on the couch. And it feels so easy. Even everything down from like the editing to the artwork to the interviewing, it's all a big pleasure. And I think that's the difference when you are trying to, not trying to push something, but letting it come and letting and being with it rather than managing it, if you know what I mean. So yeah, the One Word podcast is available on, I was going to say all platforms, but really it's just two platforms. Do check it out if you get a chance. It's two platforms. And when we're finished talking, you know, uh, next year, he might be on all platforms. We're working on it. There you go. (laughs) Next season. (laughs) All right. Well, listen, thank you so much for accepting my invitation. This was fun. Jasmine, it's always a pleasure to share space with you on Zoom. I just think your energy is wonderful. And thank you very much for inviting me. Well, thank you very much. So everybody else, if you'd like to listen to Thomas, I'm going to put the link in my podcast in in my description. And so you'll be able to do that. I'm going to also link his website. So if you want to reach out to him, he's a really nice dude. And uh, (laughs) maybe he didn't know he was a dude, but that's what he is to me. Uh, (laughs) And to the rest of you, I'm just going to say dream it, dare it, do it, live the life you want and have a good day. Bye bye.